Here we are. Recording? Yeah, we're recording now. I mean, sorry to just... That's okay. just happens out of nowhere. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Recipes and Records with me, your favorite person, Evan Lunny. I know. Um, I am here with a friend of mine, Adam. And Adam, tell us something about yourself. Tell us what you do. You have a lot on your shoulders. Sure. What are you doing? Uh, I'm the drummer for a band called Crow Feeder, uh, and I run a record label called Constant Disappointment Records. Nice. I actually did some work for a band on your label. Indeed you did. A Bystander EP from last year. Yeah, I did. It sold a million copies, I think, right? Uh, I think like a million and one. It's almost diamond by now, I think. Is that what what you get for a million is diamond? No, platinum. But like, I think a hundred. No, ten million is diamond. So then what's a gold record? Uh, Ten thousand or a hundred thousand. See... And that that is still considered an accomplishment, though, right? Oh, big time, yeah. Because 10,000 sounds crazy to me. Like, that's a shit ton of things to move. Especially these days, because no one buys albums anymore. <laughs> no, well, no. Gold these days would be incredible. But I guess, like, even 10,000 downloads, I'd be very happy with. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the proud designer of a platinum record. That's right. A platinum <laughs> record that uh, I do not still have copies of. Yes, uh, I have two. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great, that's a great record. And I hope, yeah, we, get, no, I hope uh, we have more artwork from you in the future. Yeah, uh, check it out. It's uh, I'm proud of the artwork I did. Nothing matters by bystander. Yeah, I, I've talked about it prior. Um, On here. Yeah, when I did the episode with Lilac Queen. Oh yeah, nice. So. Yeah, bystander has since broken up. And went they kind of dissolved into Lilac Queen in <laughs> yeah. certain aspects. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a fair assessment. So uh, this evening I made Adam um, a bacon and Brussels sprouts risotto. It was fantastic. Yeah? Truly. Uh, I'm still feeling it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's know? my fucking belly is full. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I think the bacon definitely knows it's a little heavy, right? But bacon it, it and Brussels sprouts. Yeah, it was good, though. Bacon and Brussels sprouts is fantastic. Yeah, and, I, I made it once before, like, maybe like a year ago, and it was, like, fantastic, which when you couldn't decide what you wanted to eat, yeah. I was like... I want to make that again. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember what you had asked me. I was like, well, my wife makes risotto. I know. Your my, your wife makes good food. Uh, the pictures right. you showed me earlier. Yeah. Um, she She's a fantastic cook. And uh, I want to say risotto she maybe hasn't made in a, in a little while. So I was It's a very, process. It takes yeah, a while. Yeah, definitely is. A, and also because you have to add the liquid to the, the, the grains. and you can, I mean, it's a very, like, complex yeah. balance. But you nailed it. I've awesome. I've done it many times, so like I know I know the process, but it just it literally it's like an hour to make. Sure, right. But um, so uh, my first question is, when is your wife gonna make me food? Um, <laughs> we do need to have uh, we do need to have you guys over sometime soon. Uh, yeah, and, and you, we we have a good house for hosting people. We're just like bad with getting things set up. Yeah, so well, stop. I know. I'm sorry. No, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to plan doing something music related. Um, it's just like inviting, you know, people from the label, my friends who are into music and, and something like that over at the house sometime soon. So we'll do that. And I, the last time I held something at the house where I, I thought I gathered up enough snacks and beer and everything. Um, my wife came home the night before, I want to say, and was like, oh, I picked up all this stuff on the way home. And I was like, oh, I already have stuff for tomorrow. And she's like, no, no, no. Trust me, this, this is <laughs> what good. have you done? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she was totally right to do that. I had like, you know, minimal. So she will certainly be, uh, catering the next, uh, <laughs> thing I have at the house. I make a good cheese plate so I can bring that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, and uh, is there typically cheese in risotto? Cause I don't Not know. always, but the. Yeah. For any of the recipes I found for like a bacon and Brussels sprouts one, there is. Okay, it certainly it was great there. I'm just trying to remember if I've had like like in like a mushroom a typical risotto like plain risotto. I don't think yeah. it has cheese. like a mushroom risotto. Probably yeah, would I don't think have. it does. Okay, but um, I, I mean the recipes I looked up and the way I made it before, I just I always add cheese. Right. 
No, it was, I mean, it makes it better. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it was great. No question. So anyway, I brought Adam here, or requested his presence, so we could talk about an album of his choosing. And he chose Poison the Well, which is a band that I love, or have previously loved, I guess. I don't know. I don't really listen to them much anymore. Uh, but he chose You Come Before You. Indeed. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> I'm not 100% on it, but I'm probably like maybe 65% on it. It. I feel like this record for the band has kind of been that for many people for a long like time. The, the polarizing. Exactly, album. yeah. Uh, it, it's people either listened to them up until that point and then stuck with them, maybe, or it was the point at which they dropped off, um, which it sounds like you're kind of in that yes. in that category. I can promise you I've never heard an album after this one. Right, and that's also something that needs correction, particularly for versions. I've versions heard awesome. that it's good, but it's just... Who left the band for during versions? So was it Derek? I think, I think it was actually... Oh, man, I should know this. I think it was actually during You Come Before You, or maybe just like... Yeah, it was something about either the writing process of You Come Before You or versions when they were kind of changing their sound yeah. that the guy who went on to form Sleigh Bells. Yeah, Derek, was which that is Derek? the guitarist. Yes, and Sleigh Bells, sidebar. Fucking awesome band. First album's great. Um, first album's I'll great. I'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, I don't think I heard whatever their latest one is, like Jessica Rabbit or something. But yeah. I think the second album was like pretty good. Yeah. I remember I saw them at the House of Blues and it was fucking empty. Really? Yes. Well, that's a bummer. Right? Like yeah. there was literally like the two tiers, like the balcony yeah. and like the higher balcony. No one. Oh, that's a real shame. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard whatever, rant, 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 <laughs> that song, I was like, holy shit, it's like the, one of the greatest things I've ever heard. The first time I ever heard them, uh, they opened for LCD Sound System. Oh. And it, I was like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and then learning that it was a guy from Poison the Well, yeah. I was like, okay, I can hear how there's some, like, hardcore metal guitars, like, behind a lot of this. Um, so that was, that was just a cool, a cool connection. But yeah, yeah I don't think he was in... He definitely left, but by the time versions had come, yeah, out. yeah, I think he left after you come before you, yeah, which he was would on make, you come before you, which I would make that. sense because their sound was certainly changing with you come before you and like fully changed with versions. Um, Actually, you know, uh, you know how I know he was on you come before you because it was produced by the same guy that produced the shape of punk to come, ah, oh, by refused, yeah, and okay. that's like. I don't know if you ever saw it. Well, I know you've seen Poison of All Life. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Uh-huh. And I don't want to fucking talk about it yet. <laughs> but Not that time. <laughs> um, I saw them years ago uh, at Fat Cats in Springfield. Mm-hmm. And he has a guitar with a huge Refuse sticker on it. Oh, okay. So you're like making the connection that yeah. way. Of, okay. But I, I know this album was definitely produced by him. Um, and I know that they were a huge influence on Derek. But um, they actually recorded some of this album in Sweden with him. Of of you come before you yeah oh uh, okay because I know versions I'm pretty sure was like entirely recorded in maybe Sweden definitely not I wonder in, if it in was the, the same US. yeah maybe that was like producer. the start of them kind of going off in that direction yeah I don't know yeah versions also has a very I mean it's got like a glacier on the front or whatever but it does have this very kind of icy tone to it that is a little different than some of their other stuff was that before or after like the 123 EPs so 123 I believe is in between you come before you and versions okay. which those EPs also are fucking great I think I liked two but I think that's the only one I've ever heard. I've only ever heard like all six of them together. Yeah. And I just know the song like Purple Sabbath. That might have been on two. It's this real sludgy, like yeah. slow thing. Um, and some of them are just kind of like, you know, they're 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 great, but there's just better songs that sound tracks, just like yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that 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 deserves more recognition than their discography. Yeah, sure. I, I need I, I should revisit it. I mean, after hearing this over the past week or so, after not listening to it since what, it came out in July of 2003, and I just kind of threw it away. Yeah, right. Other than a few songs, which I really like, but... Yeah, and admittedly, when this record came out, I was also not crazy about it. Yeah. Um, let's see, You said this came out in 2003? Uh, the release date is July 1st, 2003. 2003. Okay, so let's see. So I, was, I just graduated high school. Yeah, so I would have been, I guess, a sophomore if I graduated in 2006. Yeah, so a freshman, sophomore. So I remember... Loving Opposite of December. I'm pretty sure like I got into them when Tear from the Red came out. Because even I remember even even the slight 
kind of deviation going into Terror from the Red was a, is a little strange. It's a little jarring. It's a little, a little jarring. Um, particularly because it just didn't feature any triggered drums, which is like opposite of December. Yeah. I remember um, that. I got a leak of Terror from the Red like maybe a week or two before it came out and I wouldn't listen to it. Yeah. But I burned it for my friends and they were like, you have to listen to it. It's so good. And I was like, I'll wait for a release day. Like being a weirdo like I was back then. But... Tear from the Red, I know you have feelings about it, but I think it's my favorite post Sure. And I think for a lot of people, it is. Um, I really loved it when it when it was out. And for me, it was Poison the Well is opposite of December, Tear from the Red. I liked some of the stuff when they were, whatever the band was before then, where like Distance only makes Distance the heart grow makes fonder. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. I what the band name I was. I didn't like it. It was, it was still just like, there was a clear kind of evolution there. And then I remember when this record came out, my first thought was like, what is this album title? It just sounded just, I don't know, just kind of off-putting. And I, I, I hated the cover it. art so yeah, much. Yeah, I hated it. I, at the time, I really didn't like the, you know, Poison the Well Presents or whatever it says in the front. Yeah, it was Poison just, the Well Proudly Presents. Proudly Presents. And it was just, I think at the time, I was just like, I don't I don't get what this is. It's just strange. It's, well, it was their first major label album. Is that right? Yeah, it was on Atlantic. Oh, okay. So the other two were Trust Kill then. Yes. I, okay. This was the only major label. Album. Okay. I didn't know that. So that, I mean, it makes sense why the production on this record is very different very than their other ones. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really up there. Um, and production is my biggest problem with Terror from the Red because that album, again, I think when I think about how much I loved it back then, I, I didn't care about production. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I liked Opposite of December and that album is like, there's, there's no production on that record. <laughs> Uh, I love that album, but I, I, mostly I, I think I just love the drums on that album. Sure, yeah. But and you, you mentioned triggers. I don't know what the fuck that it's, means. It, it, there's just something about the sound of the drums on that record that it, they uh, they clearly have triggers on all the drums, which is more just a way of basically inserting like an electronic version of a drum sound, either in re- in replacement or in conjunction with an actual drum sound. So whenever he hits the bass drum, it will like say it'll hit a trigger to play this, this pre-recorded sound. And with that information See, now, I've always heard that term and I never knew what it meant. Yeah. But if you know that now and you listen to, now it's going to annoy the like, shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. If you're like, like yeah. you'll be like, Oh God, it sounds so unreal. Um, I always thought it kind of sounded unreal though. But that's the weird thing is because they use triggers, but they're played by a real drummer, Chris, Chris, Chris Hornbrook, Hornbrook, who, yeah. Hornbrook, who's Hornbrook. an amazing drummer. Not on that, not on Opposite of December. No, they've been posting a lot of like, um, like cam videos of him playing. Yeah, from that fucking show that you fucking went to that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we won't talk about that <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, like, and then so okay, so Tear from the Red comes out. Botchla has this really provocative video that's like going around everywhere before like internet videos were really that big of yeah. a, a thing. But I, like I remember watching some you know probably shitty resolution version of oh, it yeah. um and then you know songs like lazaro um uh, brings over corona brings over corona i love that song um parks and what you meant to me parks is my what favorite you meant to song me. i'm trying to even remember what some of the other ones um, are they have that weird um apocalypse now quote uh yep that's uh Carson street. street yep so yeah i mean so it's got a lot going for it uh, totally but when i've re-listened to it lately Especially because I've just like really got the into their sound, later. Sorry to interrupt. Right I always interrupt people. It's okay. Um, the sound behind Kersey Street or Carsey Street or whatever you want to call it, it's slowed down um, from like the track before it. Right. It's like, jung, jung. yeah. Jung, but jung. it's from the track before it. Oh, I never, I never even put that together. It, next time you hear it, you'll you'll notice yeah. it. Like it's, in um, sequence, I it'll make sense. The, what the fuck the song is. Um, I'm not gonna remember right now, but like or like like sticks and stones. That's the song. That's the song. That's what it's the like the drum beat from that song slowed down. Okay, so next time you listen to it, listen. You'll you'll figure it out. It took me years to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense, I guess, if it comes right after it. But then you come before you came out, and I really didn't like it when it first came out. I was like, I, I think I was even. You know, swearing off ever like seeing them again. Yeah, and I was highly unimpressed. I was like, and and it's bizarre to me because Poison Wall is probably the band I've seen live the most. When I think about like, I've seen them at least once or twice for every album cycle, starting with Tear from the Red. Um, I remember seeing them play with like Heavy Heavy Low Low on at least one or two tours. 
They played Sounds of the Underground when that went to the uh, Songus Arena in Lowell. Sick. Yeah, well, Guar played, which was great. I know um, I was not there for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, most of the bands were, you know, I saw them I with Deftones and Godsmack, which was sick. Yeah. Two nights in a row. <laughs> you saw them two nights in a row? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they played two shows. Seeing them with Deftones would be uh, amazing. And I'm, yeah, I'm that, assuming... was, that was this, I think, this album cycle. So yeah, that would have been like. Uh, Dude, it I had guess. to have been 2003, 2004. Yes, yeah, so that would have been like self-titled Deftones era, I guess. I believe so, yes. Yeah, yes. It would have been after Wish sure. Pony. Okay. And then I don't know what the fuck Godsmack was doing because I didn't watch them. <laughs> it uh, wasn't Godsmack Day? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I saw them then. I saw them at Fat Cats with American Nightmare, From Mom to Ashes, and Hope's Fall. What is this, Furnace Fest? <laughs> like, for real, though, like... I'm like, I've seen yeah. this. Well, I remember when I... Springfield's a terrible place. Don't <laughs> the, go there. The first time I saw Poison the Well, they played with Thrice. And I'm pretty sure Thrice was touring on Illusion of Safety. Like, <sighs> So good. I'm pretty sure that's true. Which would have been, I guess, right around when Terror from the Red had come out. At least, that's how I kind of remember. Yeah, probably like 2002. Right yeah. 2001, maybe. And I remember that at that show being more excited about seeing Thrice for whatever reason. Well, I mean, not for whatever reason great album great band but i was just kind of losing my luster with poison the well and then you come before you came out and i was just like ah you know the they just came through and did a the hisaru tour thrice which, did yeah huh oh right with with drug church and, and me without you oh gee huh, geez i didn't realize that if i can hate that band out of <laughs> really yeah not not a fan i know what a to b life and that's all catch rust the foxes catch rust the foxes is a great record i don't know anything after that but i saw them open for brand new once and i was like what is this boring garbage <laughs> yeah um but anyway so um how's the show in california you dickhead yeah so there was it 20 year anniversary i show? believe so it, it had to have been i'm old so, as fuck so yeah <laughs> so yeah 20 year anniversary show for opposite of december was good um, the opening bands were, uh, one boring and the second one, uh, I, I never wanted, I'd never even heard of either. Of yeah. Uh, cult leader. Oh no, not I've not heard of fan. cult leader, but I'm yeah, not the other fan. one. I don't even know. I'm not a fan. Um, show was good. They opened with, uh, ghost chant, which is a pretty common opener for them and the opener of this album. Yeah. Um, they played. I want. I'm pretty sure they played a song or two from every record before going into All Opposite December. I want to say they played like three or four songs off of You Come Before You. Um, they also played Pample Moose or Mouse, which is a track off of. Um, I think it's on. Is it Tropic Rot, which is this weird ass like. I don't know. Crazy drum beat song. It's very weird for them to play it live in mm. in that context. Um, and then they played Opposite of December, which was great. They played it out of order, which was weird. weird. <laughs> um, but I get they want to close with Nerdy. I, I see why they would want to. Yeah, I guess. I don't, yeah, they always Just because it is nerdy, which, you know, I, I've i had more modern realizations about how that song is really not, not that, that great. great. <laughs> it's, it's not a very well-written song. No, it's five but like, I row. mean, it... It holds meaning, I suppose. Same for me. Like I was, I was very engaged when I saw them play opposite of December. It was awesome, um, but I was more into when they're playing like "My Mirror No Longer Reflects" or that. Uh, I believe that show was the first time they ever played "A Wish for Wings That Work." That's probably true because that is a weird song, yeah. and I do not From recall what ever I that. think I saw of the set list. That's the first time they ever played that song. Yeah, which is I cool. didn't even think of that. Of like, you know, which ones would they have never played? But that that makes I think sense. that's the only one they never played before, which is bizarre. Yeah, but not that bizarre because it's a weird song. But. Yeah, it's something that I would never expect to hear. But and I, and you know, their vocalist um, uh, Jeff. Jeffrey Maria, whatever his last name is, um, <laughs> you know, wasn't screaming a lot. Which older bands they were maybe a little rusty. I I, I expect that. Yeah. And for everything that they played that was post-opposite of December, it's totally fine, because that's usually what his vocals are anyway. With opposite of December songs... It's all screaming. It's all, like, high-pitched yeah. kind of screaming, which is more of a, you know, it's the younger person screaming. But I don't know. It was... 
I wasn't there for them to sound good. I was there to experience that album being played live in a crowd, and the crowd and, was and awesome. And you didn't take me with you, and it's I did not. Um, so I did. I asked, and you just didn't. I did spend the day uh, at a cannabis cafe and eating yeah. a lot of food, and um, it was great. I wouldn't have done that myself. <laughs> uh, we just stumbled upon it. I was like, all right, we got nothing to do until the show. So <laughs> the fuck not? am I going to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so uh, what made what made you pick this album? I know uh, I had asked you to be on the show. And this is what you came to me with. What is what, what was the reason? So I know that um, this record for many Poison the Well fans is kind of like the the, the Jane Doe. The of, dividing line. Of the Jane the well. Doe, yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it is kind of a dividing line. And because I remember having this very negative reaction to it when it came out, where I had since gone on to think it's, you know, one of their best records um, go that far, but okay it actually I, when i'm thinking about it in terms of like as an album i might actually say it's their best album. i'd break it at two um but i mean versions also might be up there i don't know don't either know, way I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i mean it's just I, I i think it's a really solid record of theirs and um it it, it is a very important one in their uh, in their discography for positive or negative reasons yeah, for many or, reasons yeah so did you you did you discover this album when it came out or did it I discovered this one when it came out um I'm trying to think if I've ever legally purchased a copy of this album I have I have the CD somewhere yeah, I, I probably actually think have it's in my living CD. room I definitely don't have it on vinyl it's, it's hard to find and it's very expensive yeah unless you get the um the misspelled German the misspelled copy misspelled German one. <laughs> I remember learning about that I don't even remember what the record label was called oh, but the, on the Poison Hole Instagram they were like Hey, heads yeah. up! There's some weird pressing of you come before you. The, well, uh, the um, the guy said he bought the rights to it, so he's like, "I'm allowed to do it." It's like, sure, but you also should not be an asshole. But a lot of their previous pressings were on Good Life, which is mm. a yeah European and maybe German. I'm not sure. So then, did he buy the rights to it from Good Life? I don't know because it definitely wasn't because the Life that put the this picture out. disc of Tear from the Red I have is Good Life. Okay, hmm. which. It, they sold it in, like, fucking Hot Topic. Sure, right. It's also just weird to me, though, that... Okay, so he gets the rights to it. He gets the, he gets the source artwork files, I guess. Not really, because it's misspelled. Well, that's what I mean, is... <laughs> Who so, just deletes the E? <laughs> so he either got it with, like, editable text and somehow changed it, or he had to, like, recreate it on his own. I'm like... I and how? And how? And it's misspelled, for God's sakes. <laughs> Uh, it's ah, just so bizarre bad. to me, and I've I've looked it up on Discogs to be like, oh, maybe I want to buy it, and it's like eighty eight dollars, and I'm like, no, nah, sure. I'm good, yeah, I'm good, and it's also, but I kind of want it just because of all the controversy it was yeah. mired in, where the band is just like, we have nothing to do with this, like, don't buy this. And I've heard the audio quality is awful. Oh, of course, of course it is. I'm sure the masters that he used for it are like, you know, some like compressed sixty two bit MP three rips. Yeah, something something bad with that wouldn't surprise me. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that, but I just it's it's one of like the few albums that they just won't repress. I guess is it because you said this was the only one that was from Atlantic? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe that's something. So wait, did, did Versions and Tropic Rot not come out on Atlantic? No, this was the only one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that has something to do with it, or because some dude in Germany owns the rights and they got nothing else to do. Uh, is there any song in particular on this album that you might identify with or is significant to you? I think uh, anything that is on here that I like the most, I probably won't identify with only because I don't know what most of these songs are about. Because their lyrics There's a are lot like, of really dark themes on this album. And their lyrics are um, at first impenetrable, yeah. <laughs> and but very, uh, very cool. There's a, a lot of like weird imagery that yeah. he uses. Um, I'm mostly just pointing that out of like, I don't know if I could relate to one of these. Um, but I've always been really partial to songs like The Realist. Um, Ghost Chant is great. Uh, Crystal Lake, the one that you know kind of closes the album, is very good for what it is. This really fast, ripping song, but also a formula that they will use for like three or four other songs in the rest of their discography, which is unfortunate. Uh, where they just do these kind of blasts. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's this is not the most well-structured song. It's pretty No, it's not at all. But uh, do you know what that song is about? 
So I'll tell you what I have always thought that song because I want I, I have it written down what okay, I think. So it's I'd about. be curious. I've I've literally never looked up anything about this. No, song, I, but I've always it's pictured impossible to find. There's okay. no information on the song. So I've always either. just based on the context clues of what I can understand in the lyrics and the fact that the song is called Crystal Lake, is that it has something to do with Jason Voorhees, and the the last line you know stare at me now on your way down. I picture well okay what happened to Jason Voorhees as a child? He drowned in Crystal Lake. Uh, looking up, I assume, at what was his, his counselors or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. I have always pictured it as something from that perspective. Never once thought to even like verify if that has anything to do with it. I see. We're on the same track. Mm-hmm. I think it's about Friday the 13th Part 2. Okay. Because he mentions a burlap, burlap mask over his head. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is what Jason wears in the second one. And I could be wrong about the second one, but I think they put him in chains and drown him in a lake at the end. That's, you know, yeah, right, yeah, two round holes cut into this fabric. Yeah. Uh, I'll chase you for all hours. Is right. Okay, there's, I mean, I, it has to be something related to Friday yes. the 13th, right? I mean, come on. But with that, of course, then it's not a relatable song. Oh, no, of course not. Uh, but, I mean, it's still a sick song. I, I like that song a lot. Yeah. It's one of my, I have a third favorite lyric from this album, Stare at Me Now on Your Way Down. Yeah, it's also just the way it's delivered is so goddamn angry. Um, it's it, it's really great. And I know, like, Ghost Chant is probably not the best song, but the drum intro for it, you know, the, the drum roll yeah, in the that, beginning, it's uh, just very iconic, um, something that the moment... You hear it at one of their shows. It, it, there's no question what song it is, and I feel like there's a lot of that on this record. Where yeah. each, like each song, to me sounds totally different than you know others. Where <clears throat> songs like "Apathy Is a Cold Body" or like it sounds like the end of the world. Is that on this record? Yeah, it sounds like the end of the world. They're just these very kind of like apocalyptic sounding like blues. That is probably what turned me away from it <laughs> when it first came I out. I guarantee you that's like all. Them the producer right influenced because if you you know the shape of punk to come mm-hmm. there's yeah and and like that that sound is not present in anything anything previous or prior what yeah. prior or yeah. whatever yeah. you know what I'm yeah to yeah <laughs> but they also started doing something on this record with um like twanging like these twangy kind of i don't know if they're like a western sounding guitar but there's just a lot of these weird leads that are not like typical melodic leads. It's just this twangy something or other that they would go on to do inversions and in Tropic Rod. And it's like a defining part of their sound. But I don't know how to describe it. Like, I don't know any other bands that really do whatever that sound is. So I have a short list of lyrics that I don't fucking understand. Yeah. If you want to help me decipher them. <laughs> how many times do I have to turn the switch to warn you about jumping in the back of the cars? I remember hearing that lyric for the first time when I was still not sure how I felt about this album, being like, that is the stupidest fucking thing I have ever heard. What does heard. that mean? What switch? Switch, and you're jumping in the back of the cars. So Jumping in the backs of the cars. The, right. It's also, right, when it's said <laughs> and it's, it's like enunciated in that way, it's like as if it has so much importance. <laughs> Sidebar. There's a, there's a song on the Tropic Rot where, I think it's on Exist Underground, where he... It's like singing the chorus, and it's like your idiotic mind. That's part of the lyrics. And I was just like, ah, it just sounds kind of cringy. Stop. Like, no, don't do not do it. Um, jumping in the back of the cars, I have to assume, is uh, maybe there's a a teenager who is not looking after themselves and just getting into... Okay, but what about the scenario. switch? Uh, the, the, uh, the switch in your brain? Switch in your brain to make right decisions or bad um, decisions. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, they have that, and then I have loved ones. Uh, oh, clearly about Jeff's dad. Um, bandaged Iris. This has to be about somebody, some female from a band. Oh, like you think something that he's like, you know, uh, maybe wanting they, to. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't mm. know. Just be, I, I mean, this but is also, just. Yeah, I found your vocal cords. Yeah, no, like, it's. um. How does it go? How many times do I have. No. I already read that. I already read that, Mark. (laughs) Uh, In every corner in space I search for you, I've only found your vocal cords. Right. So maybe, yeah, okay, trying to, you know, find somebody that they, you know, he's following, obsessed with, but can't get in contact with them, but loves their band. (laughs) I I could be sold for that. Uh, And another lyric that I found odd, 
barely able to keep the lids open. Uh, you know, eyelids. Can't keep your eyes open. Okay. That one actually I think is... All right. I, I didn't think one. of it that way. Yeah. But um, the beginning of the song is a blatant ripoff of Parks and What You Meant to Me. Okay. I've had the same thought because it, it's literally like it that. It is. I'm that, sorry. Yeah, you can't, yeah, no, you can't that, change like, my mind. Sparkly guitar. Yeah, yeah. It sounds exactly totally. the same. But you know what? I mean, it's their own song. That's yeah, I, I know. I know <laughs> I, I know that, but... Actually, is that a is that a... Is that incorrect? It's like uh, self-plagiarism if you like <laughs> reference your own material. This song does have my favorite line of the whole record, which is happiness is not having to lie on the floor dead alone. Yeah. And I love how that's delivered on that track yeah. too. At the very end. It's so, so, so good. This this album also has some pretty great and, and pretty bad song names. Um, <laughs> A, the view from here is B, a brick wall. Yeah. Great. Uh, a, the view from here is a blatant ripoff of Refused. Oh. Because the jazz interlude, like. Oh. I, I, I'm i not like a, a, a you know, a Refused uh, encyclopedic. Whatever. I'm not either, but I'm know. very familiar with The Shape of Punk to Come. So yeah, it's yeah. like, I've okay. heard it. And knowing that it's the same producer, I was I'm like, say, you're doing yeah. it again. But also like the opinionated are so opinionated. All right. I, I, again, I get the whole like you come before you. The opinionated are so opinionated. Like there's a, there's a, a thing there. But it's also just this like stupid musical track that, okay, you got to take a break. But the, but like the second part, is, uh, from what I have here, yeah. uh, it's one of the heaviest songs in the album, which may or may not be mm. true. It, this is what I was writing mm. as I was going mm. along yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure there's, I reached a different one later. Um, but there's a lot of themes of disillusionment and suicide in the song, which I thought was kind of odd. And then I wrote, Jeff has such a good singing voice. He really does. <laughs> he and, really, really does, though. And, like, there's, I don't know if there's any singing on Opposite of December, other than just, like, talking. And, you know, mm. I mean, other than, like, you know, uh, the... The sun went out. That that whole. I remember the day. Well, no, the but sun went out. Also... I can recite that whole thing. Yeah, but isn't there also a singing? Uh, I think that? there is uh, towards the end of the album. Okay. But then, like, "Tear from the Red" has a bit more singing, but his his vocals are very, very buried in that record. Yeah. And from "You Come Before You" on, like, he's a great singer. Much mm-hmm. better than he is really at, like, you know, doing growly. Well, screaming. I mean, when this record came along, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then there's The Realist, which is my favorite fucking song on the record. Yeah, that song is amazing. Um, the, the The color was blue part literally makes me, like, sink in my seat. Yeah. When the, you know, I apologize, apologize. Like, yeah. it's just such a great little phrasing there, and, and it, it it's so goddamn catchy. I literally completely forgot all about the song until you suggested the suggested yeah, yeah. this record, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" It's weird <laughs> that they they played that one at the reunion show. Yeah, I, I bet think, they did. I, and bet I didn't they did. think that that was like did they? I wasn't a single there or anything. Mm. Yeah, you weren't. Interesting. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I wonder how that was. Honestly, yeah. they're gonna play like was it? They're, they're playing Furnace Fest. They're playing Psycho. They're gonna tour at some point. It'll yeah, be fine. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. But what yeah. if they don't play that song? They will. I am I'm from from when they were playing all their non opposite stuff, I was like, Oh, this is I'm reminded of most of this set list. Like I have to assume it's probably very similar from the catalogue they would play probably the last time I saw yeah. them before this. I mean the last time I saw them was probably like two thousand eight. Yeah, I I'm trying to remember where I would have even seen them. There was some show in Rhode Island they played with Heavy Heavy Low Low, which was I don't know if you if you followed them at all. I do not. They went fucking off the off the wall, but where was, it was that? A great show. It was at um what's the what's the, like the place in Rhode Island that the people Met? play? No. There's the Met. There's Lupos. There's mm. there used to be the living room, but that's long gone. Oh, it might have been the living room because that just yeah. like hit me. Yeah, it might have yeah. been that. That's <laughs> where I saw uh, Blood Brothers and Daughters there. Oh it man, was sick. And sec, no, um, shit, nah, what the fuck is the name of that band? I can't think of the name of the band. I was going to say, Daughters is probably the band I've seen most after Poison the Well, but never seen them for um, You Won't Get What You Want, the, the latest no, record. No, I've seen them twice. I saw them at their reunion show, second reunion show, actually. The one where he broke his arm? And, so I went yeah, there. I was there. Uh, I was oh, there. were you? Yeah. Oh, that was probably before we knew each other. Cause I was, yeah, oh, it was definitely I saw Erica there. Yeah, I was with Erica. That's hilarious. That was also like, <laughs> I kind of knew Erica from like, uh, 
playing in a band with Derek and, you know, being at West Powers. We didn't really know each other. We are like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, Eric and I went down there together. Okay, yeah. Um, that show um, sucked, but was Played really about, fun. Played about, what, three songs? Oh, my God. Um, and then, like, what was it? The, the vocalist of some other band that was, like, touring with them who clearly didn't know the words because he just kept putting <laughs> the mic into the crowd. But um, I got to see... Uh, Fucking the uh, Brian, uh, the guy from Lightning Bolt. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Black Puss. Black for the first Puss, time. which was awesome, amazing, for amazing a, for a one man drummer noise band. I was it baffled. Was yeah, that was awesome. That that venue was also like insane. I mean, it was just like some warehouse. I've thing. seen a few shows there. I saw uh, Chris from Saves the Day do an acoustic show there. I saw Against Me there. I like that place a lot. It's yeah. a cool place. I think I've only ever been for that one show. That's so funny that you were there. Because, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah you and yep. Erica are friends. So. Erica and I went down together. We bought tickets together. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's too funny. And then the last time I saw Daughters, I was with Erica as well. <laughs> that was on the their latest Yeah, record. the Paradise show. Ah, right. Yeah, I would love to see them for this record because it's, so it's fucking great. Good. It's so good. I was also really uneasy about it when it came out, though. I was, it, I was too, but I got very into hard it to like, real quick. It's hard to get into it as an album because okay. I love like what the reason the reason they hate me or that whatever. song is so good. They like play that song like first or second. That's just that's blowing their load immediately. That's right. Is like they so shouldn't great. play that so early. But I've also like gone back and tried to listen to like hell songs and stuff. And it's fine, I don't but like oh my god, songs. it's so thin when you think about how big their production is now. I like now. Uh, Canada songs, and I like the self-titled album. That's about it. See, so everyone freaked out over the self-titled, and I was like, yeah, it's fine. The, big, the first, well, I mean, the first few songs are great. Yeah, or, oh, is it? <laughs> I don't know what the songs are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine, but... I'm, I'm more accustomed to like the seven inch and yeah. Canada songs, but yeah, I, I had seen them, I think on touring on hell songs a couple times back. This is like when Lex was in rough shape. Very, very, out oh, and wrap, wrap it around so, the microphone pole. Cause I seen that happen. So crow feeder played with fucking invincible at captain's lounge. And, um, I was in, I can't remember where that was. It's not around anymore. And I remember being like, Oh shit, that's Lex from daughters. And he was selling a, he had like some like little distro setup or something with a bunch of records. And I was like, hey man, like you used to, uh, you know, sing for daughters, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I've, uh, you know, I've kind of gone away from doing that now. And, and I, without even thinking, I just said, yeah, I've seen your dick like a bunch of times. <laughs> Literally like 10 times. And he like put his head in his hands and he's like, you know, I used to be a manager at Newberry Comics and I had a guy <laughs> who worked for me who said, yeah, man, I, I I've seen your 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 dick like several times in some of your shows, and I was like, and in, in the moment I said it, I was just like, what am I doing? I'm just nervous, you know. Just don't know what to say, but, but, uh, but from like, what I hear, he's sober now and doing great. Yeah, he still like gets like punches himself in the head. And oh does yeah, crazy big time. Shit, but, but there is a video on YouTube that you can watch. Uh, I forget. I think they were playing a show in Texas, and he's literally blackout drunk. Yeah, can't remember the words to the songs. Just takes his dick out and starts wrapping it around the microphone. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then they kick him out. It it's only yeah. like four minutes oh, long. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah. I saw him I saw them play in Connecticut somewhere where during whatever the last song it was probably Cheers Pricks, which is like a song on Hell Songs where yeah. he's literally drunk, like off his ass while he's playing. And I remember during the end of the song he just like crawled onto an amp, <laughs> pulled his pants, and was just like spitting all over his dick. It was it was great. Yeah. I mean it was awesome, but uh it's, uh, yeah. it was rough. I remember seeing them upstairs at the at the Middle East with uh, like sex positions. Oh, that fucking ba- that's the album I should have picked for this. That fucking sex positions record is goddamn perfect. You ever listen to the dedication? I, I I have not. I know that that is like people know sex positions because they know the dedication. So that's the only I'm total reason I opposite know. from that sex positions record is fucking perfect. The dedication album is better. Okay, that's good to know because it's called I murder want, anthems. Is it has still have like the weird kind of electronic glitchy shit? Because that no. was that was a sex positions thing. And, yeah, it just oh, man that yeah that that fucking record is uh, incredible. It was them sex positions, uh, some girls, and Blood another, Brothers. I think another band I want to see who some girls. That uh, will never happen again. It won't, but I will tell you, I saw the American Nightmare times. reunion, any videos I've seen, not great. Disappointing. I went um, to one of the shows. I would much rather have some girls reunite. But I also know that 
having Wes do vocals for some girls would be worse than him trying to do vocals for American Nightmare. So well, I was fortunate enough to see American Nightmare a million times. Back that's in the day. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Anyway, um, what are we talking about? Yeah. Anyway, back, <laughs> back to Poison the Wild. Sorry, uh, that was a nerd music rant. Um, so the next track is "Zombies Are Good for Your Health," which you know what? <laughs> um, this is what turned me off. Yeah, it's a pretty unincredible song. It's pretty straightforward, um, but where it comes in the album. So let's see. It comes right after. Comes right after the realist. Yes, which is the best song. Which is great. Um, it's just uh, th- this was the first single from the album. Oh, was it? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And it like his voice is a little bit different from prior albums. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you're pulling the whole Chris Conley saves the day thing. I get it. It's also uh, now I'm trying to think if I had if I was back in my knowing opposite of December, knowing Tear from the Red, and then this was the first thing I heard. It's also it's just boom ba doom ba doom boom yeah. boom, boom boom like it's very rhythmic, pretty simple. It's like it's the single. Like we get it. It's your single because right. it's, it's a major label. Right, so they have to do something that's kind of like a safe. Yeah. Where like if their first single was "Apathy Is a Cold Body," which was a single later that had a video, I mean that song would be even more jarring because yeah. he barely screams in that song. He does a lot of his kind of you know. Uh, but that song's too long shouting. to be a single. It is, but uh, but it, I think it it was right at a certain point. Or they they made a video for it. I guess. Yeah, I, I just it can't be a first single because it's like no, five yeah. plus minutes like. Yeah, but also zombies goes like there's no intro; it just jumps right in. Yeah, um, I, just, I yeah, didn't that, that, like that, it. It's not a good choice for a single. And then the next song is uh, "Opinionated" or "So Opinionated," Bluff. which is instrumental, and I literally wrote "Unnecessary." Yep, <laughs> uh, I agree. It's good to take a break, but uh, it just it's just boring. It's, it's it's it's. I feel like I'm all I'm saying is like negative things about this album. You picked it. I know. <laughs> But it's then so there's apathy, still, and there's apathy, and apathy is a cold body. Is and my first note song. is I didn't know that Deftones had a track on this album. Yeah, uh, that is a fair, <laughs> uh, fair assessment. And there's if there's an album where they start really drawing parallels to the kind of spaciness of Deftones, it's it's certainly right here. This album does contain my second favorite lyric of the whole album, which is "Stick to the side roads; they help interesting thoughts." The yeah. end of that song is so good. It is, and for the longest time, I had no idea what he was saying. I had never looked up the lyrics. Um, I n- knew I could make out interesting thoughts, but I'm just like, it, it's just not a, a typical kind of line for, especially where <laughs> it is the in end the of song. A <laughs> yeah, and and also, so what is it? It's stick to the side roads. They help interesting thoughts. Uh, it's. I don't know. It it makes sense in a certain way, though. I guess you know what it's I mean. About, yeah. You ever like, want to just take the long way home? Right, just to have a second. Yeah. Yeah. You see what you want to see. That ending line also is great, where it's just repeated over and over. Uh, what do we have? Uh, sounds, like sounds like the end of the world. I don't. I said again. Thanks for the new Deftones track. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and that one's fair. Whereas Pleasant Bullet, afterwards, has kind of both this like. Very large, uh, you know, opening kind of in the middle of it, and otherwise is really fast and in your face. It's it's probably the most aggressive uh, and heavy track. No, but uh, back to the end of the world. Um, I wrote, uh, seems like it's about a murderer who broke into a hospital Ooh. and set it on fire and is heading to trial. Yeah, bro- I don't know if that's true at all, but like, read the lyrics. Yeah, broke all their blood pumping mechanisms. So you stand in front of the polished sand, wondering what will become of you and them. Burn them like you did the rest. They are dead. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly... I don't know if that's true at all, but that's just what I got from reading the lyrics back. Yeah, someone did something. Yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, I don't know, but the, the track itself doesn't totally, like... It doesn't stand, stand out. out. Just, at all. Again, with... Such great songs of the other ones we've talked about. Like, literally forgot that track existed yeah. until I listened to it. Uh, yeah, Pleasant Bullet. I do remember this was one of my favorite songs. Yeah. It's uh, I Need to Be Unhappy to Smile, but I haven't quite got the hang of it yet. So that uh, is when it turns into, like, an emo song for a second, where it goes into, you know, really Yeah, this song is it's clearly about being depressed. <laughs> yeah. I need uh, to figure out why this room has blinds that never open. 
Yeah, this song is the song that reminds me most of like Tear from the Red era. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. It's Tear from the Red with better production. Well, yeah, because they were behind a major label. They had yeah, money. but it's just truly, I don't care what the label is. Tear from the Red's production is bad. Listen, the songs are great. I, I get that, but the production's bad. I don't even know who produced that album. I don't know either, but whoever they are, they did a bad job. Well, they got this <laughs> Swedish guy to do this one, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that brings us to Crystal Lake, which yes. we did touch on prior, but yeah. I'm convinced it's about Friday the 13th Part 2. It, it has to. The, all, the, all the signs are there. Um, I, I'm Because I don't know as much about which what happened in which movie, I just know probably more, I guess, as a franchise, your confirmation that, oh, if it's going to be about one of these, it's about you know Friday the 13th. It's either two, two or three. It has to be yeah. about two or three. That at least is like, okay, definitively, this is, that is what the song has to be about. No. Um, but yeah, the the last chorus in this song goes uh, half time to the other choruses, makes it so much heavier. It ends with just drums and vocals, like it's a killer fucking way to end the record, and really really heavy. Whereas I'm pretty sure versions in Tropic right after this end with these kind of drawn out, blah blah blah. Still usually just vocals and maybe one instrument, but certainly not heavy endings, more kind of airy and atmospheric. Where this is like a punch in the face at the end. Stare at me now on your way down. Now your final place is this lake. <laughs> it's great. I literally put this part is so heavy and so sick. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but it is though, like I'm trying to think I remember if they had played this live. They had I've though, seen right? it. I've seen yeah. they played it uh on that Deftone store I saw. Okay. Yeah. They played it like early though, which is weird. No, you wanna well, but again, I don't think I've ever seen Poison the Well not end their set with Nerdy. So Yeah, they don't. <laughs> which is fine. But uh, there's... I don't know. As you roll your eyes. As I roll my eyes. I, I, I'm sure they actually... They probably did like an encore with Nerdy. One of those, you know... I feel like... You know what? Just open with it. Get it over with. Yeah. <sighs> I feel... Right? Like, am I wrong? Yeah, because you know that everyone is waiting for it so you need to build that into just like when i uh when i saw the killers they opened with mr brightside yeah i don't think uh saying that mr brightside and I nerdy are anywhere but you know what i mean it's bands. like each band's biggest song I, i'm I not guess, comparing yeah. the band's side no to of side, course of course uh, relatively um, i'm just saying that right. clearly mr brightside is the killer's biggest song and i was like oh i can't wait to see them play so, it okay and they opened with it why is nerdy Poison I have Ball's no fucking song. idea. Is it because it's the only song that has like the sappiest lyrics? Like, no, because it's imprinted not. Imprinted on though. angels, and you know, I like, remember. Think about blah, like blah, sliced blah, paper blah. wrists. Like, why? Like, I don't. I, I I'm trying to wrap my head around like why was I initially enamored by it? I couldn't have just been told this is their biggest song and you love it. I had to have loved it. I don't know the first song I, I ever why. heard from them was sliced paper wrist, and I was like, this sounds sick. Yeah, it's. That, and everyone was like, oh, listen to Nerdy. And I was like, okay. It, yeah. It's great. I don't know. I love the harmonics. <laughs> right. But, uh, God, it's just, it has a great ending. I like dun 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 dun. Yeah. Digga digga dun dun. Well, know. yeah, because everyone's going to punch themselves in the face. But, again, that is preceded by uh, sleep on portraits. Oh, <laughs> like the sweetest thing they could say. Followed by like the heaviest moment on the record. It just it's str- maybe that's why it's so engaging because I don't know, a... but it's not going to change. No, uh, that's the thing is yeah okay they've reunited now to play some shows. It's going to be the last song forever until <laughs> they decide to not play it one show, and people will swear off them like they swore off of Converge for not playing the saddest day. No one swears off Converge. They play it again. I'd seen them several times where they did not, and the crowd was not happy. Last time I saw them, they played it. Because now they've they've realized they've got to do it to sell tickets. All right, well, it sounds like we have to go to Furnace Fest to figure out if they're going to play it or not. Yeah, I'm actually... It would be great if at Furnace Fest, if they were like, we're going to play a Furnace Fest era set, and they just played... I feel like they will, though. Played, like, Dead and Note to the, Farewell Note to the City. Oh, and I like fucking kill myself. That would be amazing, <laughs> but I, I don't think they ever will. It's but, uh, Yeah, Farewell Note to the City is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, and, like, God, there's so many other good songs on that record. I'd love to hear them play anything from their split with agoraphobic nosebleed. That's that will, uh, well, Code, they play locust bleed. I guess uh, locust well, rain yeah, sometimes, they, right? Because they go from locust rain into um, 
Oh god, the uh, bitter and then some, mm-hmm. or, or or the other way around. They, they have I ever shown you the Converge DVD that I'm on? That you're on? No, it's it's horrifying. <laughs> Wait, is this on the the Long Road Home? Because uh, I have that DVD. That's one. It's just like a compilation of like 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 very... the old. Is that the old one? Yeah, where it's if all you like you watch the Death Wish Fest. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, there. I have that. Oh, I'll... I'm on stage at one point with like. <laughs> Like a uh, fucking dumb mushroom cut, like sure. long. <laughs> Will I know that it's you? Uh, like, yeah, she, you you'll figure okay. it out. <laughs> You've seen the video of them playing in Gainesville, Florida, when Nate Newton clocks a guy with the back of his bass. No, oh, this fucking fight breaks out on stage. It's this, it's this big, like mythical thing. Like, were you at that show? <laughs> this fight breaks out, and Nate Newton, I assume, knows nothing about what's going on. <laughs> just he's he's like off camera, and then you see him just run in like. You know, like he's holding a scythe and smacks this guy in the back of his head with his bass. And then the set's over. It's while, it while they are playing The Broken Vow, which is, you know, uh, one of the best songs off of Jane Doe. But. Agreed. Um, what's, uh, the Concubine is my favorite. Yeah. Concubine into, um, what's the one right after it? Fracture. Uh, uh, Fallen Fracture. Fallen Fracture is great. Um, Heaven in Her Arms is great. Uh, Phoenix in Flight is great. Thaw. Thaw. Uh, Thaw. Thaw. Is Thaw on Jane Doe? Yes. Okay. The demo is on the split with Hellchild, but the regular one is... Right, the split with Hellchild. Man. See, I don't know. I have that sweatshirt somewhere over there. Oh, man. I used to have the gray Converge hoodie with the guy on the front that erased me. I did, too. Yeah. I did, too. I gave it to somebody. But I have have the... um, that split hoodie in white so i don't wear it because yeah sure. i it looked like it was gray on the website and it came and it was white and i was like <laughs> what am i gonna do with this ordering random converge merch off of death wish was a pastime anyway so we've trailed far 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 off course indeed um so uh adam i'm glad that you came and i'm glad that we had this discussion is there anything you want to promote uh your record label your own personal uh, social, whatever you want to do. Uh, certainly, you can check out Constant Disappointment Records uh, at Constant Disappointment Records on Instagram. I believe the URL on Facebook is probably facebook.com slash Constant Disappointment Records. Or you can go to constantdisappointment.bandcamp.com to listen to any of our uh, releases. And we've got cool stuff coming out later this year. Yeah, they do. I got the spoilers earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I'll like that on the on the blog post, so don't worry about that, children. Um, you can follow me uh, at Evan Scandalous on all social media. You can follow the podcast uh, at Wreck and Wreck Pod on Instagram and Twitter. I don't really use Twitter, but if you want to, you can. Uh, and please visit WreckandWreckPod.com. And uh, thanks again for listening. Subscribe or whatever the fuck you do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>